Daflamid Ches. Moshe Rabbeinu did not become wealthy except via the chips that were left over when he carved out the second Luchais. As Hashem told him, Psal Lecha Shnei Luchais Avanim Karishainim. The Lecha is that he got to keep the extra chips from the Luchais, and with that he became wealthy. The Torah was originally written just for Moshe Rabbeinu and his children, but Moshe was gracious and he gave it to all of Klal Yisrael. Rabbi Yechanan said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu only allows his Shechina to rest on a person who is wise, strong, rich, and modest. These are characteristics that a Navi has to have, as we learn from Moshe Rabbeinu. I, you could ask, why do we require strength and wealth in a Navi? What do these have to do with Ruchnius? The Marsha explains that although wealth, wisdom, and strength are not traits indicative of a prospective prophet's character, they're nevertheless necessary attributes of a Navi. Since a person with these qualities is generally looked up to, rightly or wrongly, only such a man can instill on the people the awe needed to deliver Hashem's message. The Ben Yehoyada disagrees. He says that these external physical factors like wealth and strength cannot be requirements for such an esteemed spiritual position as Navius. The Gemara should instead be read to mean that to be a Navi, one must be strong, wealthy, wise, and nevertheless humble also. If one can retain his humility in such an elevated position, then he's truly fit to be a Navi. The Rambam explains the qualities mentioned here in this Gemara symbolically. The candidate for Navua must be wise through the study of Torah, and his strength consists of the ability to stand firm against his Yetzirah. The Kesev Mishnah adds that his riches lay in the fact that he's happy with what he has in life. Ezehu, Ezehu Ashir HaSameach Bechelkai. The Luchai, Stigamara says, were six by six Tfachim in size, and the width was three, i.e. they were heavy and solid stone, and since Moshe threw them, he must have been very, very strong. Rav and Shmuel said, there are 60 Share Bina created in this world, and 49 of them were given to Moshe Rabbeinu. He was created slightly less Chashev than a Malach, who had all 50, so he was obviously a very big Chacham. Rabbi Yechanan said, all the Nevi'im were rich, and after the, the Nevuah, they became even wealthier, as Rabbi Shlema Kluger explains. At the beginning, Moshe was forgetting the Torah he learned on Har Sinai until HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave it all to him the Matana. Mishnah. Someone who is Mudar Hana from Ruvain can feed Ruvain's wife and children, even though he's giving Hana to Ruvain, since now Ruvain won't have to feed the people he's normally Mechuyev to feed, i.e. his wife and children, but you can't feed his animals. According to Rebel Yezer, he can feed a behema tamea, but not a behema tahira. And the Gemara says, if one is Mudrahanah from Ruvain, he is allowed to marry off Ruvain's daughter. Rabbi Yaakov says, if someone made a neder, he doesn't want to have Hanah from his son, so as not to disturb his Tyra learning, the son is still allowed to bring him water or light a candle for him. If he's Mudrahanah from Ruvain, he can still pour a kais for Ruvain, while Ruvain is an avel because of darke shalom. The next Mishnah. If someone was Mudrahana from Ruvain, and he goes to Vizbain, who is sick, who is a chayla, he can only go into the room standing, but not sitting, because then he's getting the full hana of the mitzvah of Bikr Chaylam. And he can also heal Ruvain, since Rafu, of course, is mutter, but he can't pay for Ruvain's medical treatment. Dachlamates, the Gemara. Visiting a sick, sick person is a question, because the visitor will get hana, which is Asr. The Ran asks, why should this be Asr? We say, mitzvah lav lahenes nitnu. So why should this be called Hana? 
Rabbi Shlomo Kluger answers and says that the bicker, the visiting, really is the Hana. While a person walks through the house, he sees the picture and so on hanging in the house, therefore he could get some Hana from that. Rabbi Shlomo says, there's a remez in the Torah to the mitzvah of bicker chaylem. By the way, the Rambam points out that there are many special mitzvahs that fall under the mitzvah of Yehaftal Arecha Kamaycha, and our mitzvahs are Abana. This includes Nicham Avelim, Achnasas Kala, and Bikr Chaylam. So technically, you really don't need a Pasuk, because according to this Rambam, if Yehaftal Arecha Kamaycha comes to include Bikr Chaylam, it's already included Midaraisa. But here, nonetheless, the Pasuk here that's brought down is in Bamidbar Perak Tassain, Im Kamais Kal Adam Yemusum Elo. This is learned from Meshur Abeinu. Hashem said that he would punish Karach by putting him in Gehenna. And if Gehenna didn't exist, he would create it especially for Karach. Aye, but didn't we already learn from a Bryson Psachim? Seven things were created. They were Eilab Machshava. The concept was created in Hashem's mind. Before Hashem created the world, what were the seven things? Torah, Tshuva, Ganeden, Gehenna, Kisiyah Kavit, Beis Hamigdash, and Shmai Shalmashiach. So Gehenna was already created before the Maisa Karach. So what was this whole thing that it would especially be created for Karach? The Gemara answers, Maishu was referring to the mouth of Gehenim that yet wasn't created. The morale explains that the Shmaisha Mashiach created before Bria Sa'ilam wasn't the exact name of who Mashiach will be, but rather what the specific qualifications of Mashiach need to be. Rabbi Yisuf says, the mitzvah of Bikr Chaylam has no shear. In other words, there's no shear to Matanzchara, no measure to the level of reward. Or this means that a great person must visit a smaller person who is sick the same way a small person visits a chash of a person. And we see this from HaKadosh Baruch Hu by Avraham Avinu, that even HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who was much greater than Avraham Avinu, he went to be Mavak Rechela by Avraham Avinu. The Gemara says, for all mitzvahs, a person should anticipate unlimited amount of rewards. As we learned in Avais, Havizar b'mitzvah kala kibachamura, she'ena toyadea matn scharan shel mitzvahs. Rava says, a person can be Mavak Rechela even a hundred times a day. Rab Abba Rab Chanina says, anyone who is Mavakachela takes away one sixtieth of the suffering that the sick person has. I and just send in sixty people, and you could heal them completely. If each person, if one person takes one sixtieth away, bring in sixty people, and the person will be healed completely. The Gemara answers, the first person heals one sixtieth, and the next person heals one sixtieth of what's left. So actually it's almost impossible to get it down to zero. Similar to the inheritance by Aksuba. That also it's just one of the brothers gets a piece of it, and the other brothers or sisters get the portion of what's left over. Also, this 160th heel rule only works if the visitor was born in the same mazel as the sixth person, Ben Giloy, as it's referred to. The Gemara says when Reb Chelbay became sick and no one came to visit him, Reb Kahana told over to everyone how Rabbi Akiva used to go and visit Chaylem, and many people were saved because of the mitzvah that he did. Dafman. Rabbi Akiva went out and was darish that any person who doesn't go to be mavaka chaylem, it's like he shayfech damim. And Rav Dimi adds that anyone who is mavaka chayla causes that he should live because he helps him with tefillah, he helps to cheer up the person who's sick. But if he isn't mavaka chayla, he causes him to die by not taking care of him. When one is mavaka chayla, he feels for the chayla, and then he's mispal tasham, which helps in improving the refuah. Rav says, any person who is mavaka chayla is nitzel midina shal gehenna saved from the tribulations of Gehenna. Also, he'll be praised by people and will not have Yisurim. The Gemara says, if young people tell you to build and old people tell you to destroy, you should listen to the older people because they have more life experience so they know really what to do better than a young person knows what to do. 
a person should not go to visit a chayla earlier or later in the day, since early you really need to be mispal at that time of the day. And later on in the day, a chayla feels his worst, so you don't want to bother him at that time. Ravin Amarav says, We know that Hashem helps to strengthen a chayla, and his shechina rests on top of a bed of a chayla. So if someone goes to visit a chayla, he shouldn't sit above him since the shechina is resting there. As background to the next Gemara. A natural spring is called a mayan. A man-made pit, which is filled with water, is called a mikvah. Both can be used for the purposes of tefillah. If the water inside of them had been held in a receptacle, i.e. they're called mayim shu'uvim, then this particular pit is not kosher latfila. However, there are differences between a mayan, a natural spring, and a mikvah, a madman pit. A natural spring can be metahir both if the water is sitting still and if the water is flowing, if the water is zeichelen. However, a madman pit, a mikvah, can only be used if the water is sitting still, bashbayren, not if the water is flowing, i.e. not if the water is zeichelen. Rivers, are generally assumed to have a Mayan as their source. Nara, Mikifya, Misbarah. And since they have Mayan as their source, therefore the water coming from, from the river is basically sourced from natural sources which are underneath the river. Therefore, they can be used at any time unless most of the water that is sitting in this river comes from rainwater. Then if Reuva the water is rainwater, and since we know rainwater cannot be Metahir Bezeichelen, then it can't be Zeichelen because it's more of a mikvah than it is a Mayan. And the Gemara says, Ravin Amar Rav says, when there is rain in Eretz Yisrael, you can tell this since the Paras, the river, swells. And when this happens, much of the water in this river doesn't come from natural springs, but from the rainwater. And that is Pasal Bezeichelen, and you wouldn't be able to be Teivel in it because rainwater is Pasal Bezeichelen. Shmuel argues and says, even if a river swells, most of the swelling does not come from the rainwater above, but rather it comes from the springs below. And spring water is kosher bezeichelen. So tefillah in that situation, even though there's a lot of rainwater, would be mutter. Avu Adishmuel used to make mikvais for his daughters in Nisan to be used until Tishrei. After that, when the rainy season began, he wouldn't let them use the mikvais, i.e. to go into these um, mikvahs, these man-made mikvahs, since there was a chashash that most of the water would be rainwater. And therefore, pasal bezeichelen if it's flowing. And during the tefillah, he used to make mats for them to keep mud off their feet to prevent chatzitza, and he used to put them up so people wouldn't see them, i.e., for tzniyas purposes. Rabbeinu Tam paskins like Shmuel that a river can be used for tefillah since most of the water in a river comes from a mayan, comes from the natural spring, not from rainwater, which is pasal bezeichelen. Other rishonim argue on this and say that it's mutter. In Simon Reish Ayin, Sifal, the Ramah is Mekah like Rabbeinu Tam, especially in a place where no mikveh exists even during the rainy season. Daf Mem In the Teichacha it says that Klal Yisrael will be lacking everything. This includes lacking a ner, a candle, a shulchan, a wife, a servant, wisdom, and salt and oil. Abayah said, Poverty only exists vis-a-vis wisdom. If you don't have wisdom, you have nothing. If you have wisdom, i.e. you have chachma, it's like you have everything. The Gemara says a person does not get better from a sickness until HaKadosh Baruch Hu forgives him for all of his averis that he did. A person who becomes ill forgets a lot of his learning, as we saw from Rabbi Yosef, who became sick. 
So Abaye had to remind him of certain tyras that he forgot. The Gemara says, The miracle of a person who was saved from a disease is greater than the miracle of Hanania, Mishael, Vazaria, who were saved from the fire, since a fire can be extinguished by a human being. But a fire of disease, which is burning within a person, can only be extinguished by a Kaddish Baruch When the end of a person's time has come, anyone and anything has the ability to overtake him. As we see from the Pasuk in Tilam, Kufiyot Tes, Lemishpatach Amdu Hayyayim. Rebbe used to learn each Mishnah 13 different ways, and he would teach Rebbe Chia seven different ways. So when Rebbe forgot some of the Tyrus that he had learned, Rabbi Chia would teach it to him. The Gemara says there was a Misa where a donkey reached a narrow bridge, got very scared, and the donkey threw the rider off and killed him, even though the rider was very big and very strong. I.e., when a person's time comes, even a little donkey can kill a very big and strong man. The Gemara says one should not be Mavakar Chela, someone who has stomach trouble, eye trouble, or headaches since the person being visited will be ashamed to be visited in that type of a condition. Barley is good for a sick, pe- sick person, and a fever protects a sick person's body. One shouldn't refer to the disease boredom by that name, since then, when it's referred by that name, the Malachamavis hears that name, then the Malachamavis gets stronger. The Gemara says, if Ruvain is Mudr Hana from Shimon, he can heal him by playing the role of a doctor, Rufuas Hanefesh, but he cannot give him money for the purpose of refuah, i.e. refuah's mamay. We know, by the way, that the mitzvah of refuah is learned from the Pasig and Shmois Chafalaf, as it's brought in the Gemara in Baba Kama, Rak shifta yitain verapoi yirape. From here we learn that a doctor has permission to heal people. The Rambam brings a different Pasig, a That's the Pasig we learn refuah from. And the Ramban says we learn the mitzvah of refuah from the Pasuk of Yahafta Larecha Kamecha, the Mishnah. If someone is mudr hana from his friend, he can bathe with him only in a big tub, not in a small tub, since one will give pleasure to the other by causing the water in a small tub to rise. The Gemara says, Rameir is also geyser, that you can't sleep in any bed with him, because the warmth of his body would provide hana. The next Mishnah. If one was mudr hana, from a friend, they cannot eat together either. The Gemara says they can't work together either, since one who softens the ground by the digging makes it easier for the other person to dig further, and therefore he would be getting or giving Hana. Dafmen Beis, the Mishnah. If someone made a neder before Shvius that Ruvain can't have Hana from his field, so Ruvain can't have Hana from the field and the fruits and the overhanging fruits. And the Gemara says, if your mudr hana from Ruvain before Shvius, according to Rav and Shmuel, even once Shvius begins, Ruvain still cannot eat the fruits. But according to Rabbi Yechan and Arish Lakish, Ruvain can't go to the field since it belongs to you. But Ruvain can eat the Paris since the Paris don't belong to you during Shvius. Since they hold, Ein Adam Eiser Davar Shebir Susai, Lekisha Mir Shusai. A person cannot ask for something that is now in his Rishus for the period of time that it will go out of his rishos. If a man makes a neder that his son cannot have hana from him, once he dies, the son can have hana since it automatically falls out of the father's rishos by way of Yerusha. On Shemitah, land is considered hefker, but only for people to enter to take food and eat or stay there while they are eating, according to Rashi. The Mishnah. The Mishnah. If someone is mudr hana from his friend, 
You can lend anything to him, but you can't borrow from him. Also, he can't buy or sell from him. If you're lending him an item, what hana are you getting that would be usr? Abayi answers, it was exera. Once it was usr to borrow, Chazal made exera not to lend either, so as not to encourage favors in return. The Mishnah. If Ruvain says he's mudr hana from Shimon, and Shimon now needs food, so Ruvain can go to the storekeeper and say, I don't know what to do. This person needs to eat. He can then give the storekeeper food, and the storekeeper can then give the food to Shimon. Since there was no legal agreement between Ruvain and the storekeeper, technically, the chenvedi, the storekeeper, can do whatever he wants with the food that Ruvain gave him. All of this is mutter as long as there's a middleman. But according to Rabbi Yaisi, if there's no middleman, you can't just make the food hefker in order to get it to Shimon. And the Gemara says, Rabbi Yaisi is machmer since he holds that hefker kematana. And if you make it hefker and someone takes it, it's like you give the person matana, since it remains in the Rishus Balrishan until the second person makes a kidney. Therefore, it's like you're giving him Hana. If a person was about to die, and he gave half of his Nechassim to Reuven, and then all of his Nechassim to Shimon, which is obviously a contradiction, once he gave half his Nechassim to Reuven, he can't give all of them to Shimon, then we say Reuven is kind of the half that he was given, but Shimon gets nothing. The Gemara says that if someone makes his field Hefker, which is a loophole, so he would be putter from taking off Meiser, and then later on he can just take it right back, and he'll have the patur of Meiser. So for the first three days that he did this, he can change his mind, and the field will then revert back to him, i.e. Hefker was never Chal. After three days, he can't just change his mind. If someone makes something Hefker for a period of time, as long as someone else wasn't Zeich in the field, he can retract. But once someone was Zeich in it, you cannot retract. According to Rabbi Yaisi, the Peshat is that even when you make something Hefker, it remains in your Rishus until someone else has actually been Kainit. The Chachamim hold that Hefker is absolute, and is Chal immediately when a person says, this is Hefker, and then it leaves his Rishus. The Gemara attempts to identify if this Brisa is like the Chachamim or like Rabbi Yaisi. According to Rabba, in this case, Midaraisa, Hefker is not Chal, but there was a Gzeira Midarabanan to prevent Ramain, people's tricks, i.e. to keep someone from making it hefker, just to avoid my, just to avoid having to give meiser, and then taking it right back afterwards. If someone makes a field hefker, and then he went to harvest the field, which showed bilus, he's putter for meiser, but he's mechuyev in all other gifts to the aniyim, i.e. shikcha and peah. According to Rabbi Yechanan, in order to make a chalois of hefker, it must be done in front of at least three people, so it will become public knowledge, and people could go and take it, because now it's hefker. But according to Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Midaraisa, you need only one person to see this. But in Midarabanan, you need three people, one to be Zeicha, and two to be the Edim of this person being Zeicha in it. The Rabbam holds that you can only be Mafkar something if at least one person is present. The Achrayinim ask on this. So why then don't you need someone present when you're Mafkar Chametz before Pesach? The Shalmin Darim answers from the Ran in Psachim that really Chametz shouldn't belong to a person. Since we say, Yisuri Hana, Enai Birshusai Shal Adam. But we determine that it is in his rishos. So it doesn't take such a strong kinyan, i.e. an aid, to get rid of it, even according to the Rambam. This marks the end of this parak. Now let's begin the fifth parak, Hashutfin, from the Mishnah. If two Shutfin, and these are Shutfin partners in a Chatzar, they're Mudr Hana from each other, both become Asr from walking through the Chatzar, since the whole courtyard is jointly owned, and you don't know who's walking through whose. Rabbi Lezeb ben Yaakov says, since part of the chutzer belongs to Ruven and part of the chutzer belongs to Shimon, each 
can walk into the half that belongs to him, but not into the half that belongs to his partner. Now, how do you know which half belongs to who? If they're really partners in the whole field, how do you determine who owns what? The Ran explains that this machlekes is based on the machlekes if we hold yesh breira or ein breira. If eventually something can be divided, can I do something now with the understanding that if and when it's going to be divided, it had been divided lechatchila along these lines right from the start. In other words, something is huvera davar lamachreya, that's even though we don't actually make the chalukah till later, but you could say that when we make the chalukah later, it's as if that's how I would have wanted it a week ago when I actually needed to make the chalukah. The chachamim say ein breira, but according to Rebbe ben Yaakov, we say huvera davar lamachreya, who owned which half beforehand, i.e. yesh breira, so each can go into his respective half. Continuing in the Mishnah, if one is mudr hana from his friend, that person cannot go into the other's field. But according to Rebbe Lozer ben Yaakov, he can go in because we say yesh breira, since he can say, I'm going into my part. If Ruvain is mudr hana from Shimon, and Shimon rents it to Levi, but still retains some form of bilus, this is referred to as tfisis yad, so Ruvain cannot use it, since Shimon still has some shaychas, he has some of this tfisis yad. But if Shimon gave it over 100% to Levi, then Ruvain can have some Hana. The Gemara. Rabbah says that the machloikis of Yesh Brera or Ein Brera is only by a field which is Yesh by Chaluka. That's, it's Shaykh to be divided into your half and my half. But if it's Ein by Chaluka, i.e. it's too small to be divided, then everyone, even the Chachamim, will be Maida that we say Yesh Brera, and we're Makel since no one would be Makpid if you stand anywhere on that person's field. The maskana is that the halacha is like Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, and we say yesh brera. Interesting to point out in general, we paskin by midaraisas, by the raisadika rules, we say ein brera. But by midarabanans, we say yesh brera. So by the raisa, we say ein brera. By midarabanan, we say yesh brera. I say, how can we paskin like Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov over here? So Rabbi Tam says, we don't paskin like Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov due to yesh brera, but rather we paskin like him and we're makel since small things like walking on a person's property is not considered hana at all. It's not considered any hana. That's why even if one is mudr hana, it's okay to walk on the other person's field. Vitur mutur be mudr hana. Rabbeinu Yitzchak disagrees since we usually say vitur osur be mudr hana. But he says even midaraisa we paskin yesh brera. Tafnam Zayin. If a person says to his son, I don't want you to have hana from me, so once he dies, the son does yarshan and can't have hana. But if the father says, I'm making a netter that you can't have hana now or after I die, then he can't have hana from his father's nechassim after his death, since we say, Adam oiser davr shebershusai A person can ask for something now, for later, even if that item will have gone out of his rishus later. The Gemara says, if I ask for some paris on Ruvain, if I exchange these paris for other paris, can Ruvain now use these new paris or not? My answer is it's mutter, since the transfer of an iser onto new items can only work if in cases we're talking about Avedizara or Shvius, but in other cases that would not apply. And finally we say if a person is Mekadesh Bi'arla, paris which are in the first three years, which are Asur to have Hanafra, so the Kedushin is not Chal, so the paris have no worth. They're paris of Arla. The next mission. If someone says to his friend, I am upon you like cherem, i.e. all hanaf from me is usur to you, so he can't have hanaf from me. If I said, you are to me cherem, 
that the maker of the netter cannot have Hana. But the person whose usher can have Hana in things that were set up for all of Klal Yisrael, i.e. wells for the people who went up to be Eile Regal, then those types of things you would be able to have Hana from because these are not things that have to deal with the person themselves. These are things that have to do with the public. Since these, they are not Shutfin in these things, but rather these are all public facilities. Therefore, since they're not Shutfin, he is allowed to have Hana. But the Easter of Neder would apply to local city institutions, for example, the shul. Since they, the two of them, are actual partners in the shul, so the Hana would be real if he actually gets Hana from the shul. So what's the Eitzah? A person has to go to shul to Davin. The Eitzah for these people is to write over their chelik of the shul that they own to someone else. Then they can use it. Taisvis asks, Why can't the Beis HaKnesses be mutter via just simply saying yesh prayer? If you say yesh prayer, then it would be mutter. Why do you have to go and give the chelik over to somebody else? Taisvis answers, Since the purpose of the Beis Medrash, or the Beis HaKnesses, isn't to separate people's chelik, but rather to bring them together, to be mispal as a minion, therefore it's like achdus, and therefore it is like getting hana from one to the other, and yesh brera would not apply. For that you cannot say, hover hadavr l'mafreya, that each person's chelek becomes separated. And the Gemara says, the anshe golil were very hot-tempered, so this problem of making haramim was very common. So all their chalakim were written to the nasi, the Mishnah. If a person is mudr hana from his friend, say from Levi, and the friend has no food, so Ruvain should give it to Shimon, and let Shimon give it to Levi. The Gemara. For this kula to work, it must be a real and sincere matana, not just a trick or a matana almanas lahachzer. And finally, we say there's a machlekes if someone can be kaina something only for the purpose of transferring it to someone else. This marks the end of this parak. and Mir on the next tape, we will begin the sixth parak, Hanaider Min Hamevoshel.